We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast today. We get to jump in and do our, uh, what do we call this? I was going to say breakdown. It's not a breakdown. What do we call it? It's like a recap. It's a recap, yeah. But it's kind of a breakdown, too. There's yeah. both of those things going on. It's a break, breakdown, recap. You you called a response. I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't know that we're responding to, like, I feel like when we say response, sometimes that's a, uh, it's like, we're the, the authority on, on what AJ talked about. And so we're going to be like, all right, here's our official response to what AJ say. It's not that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to break down and, and, and recap, recap. We're going to recap what, uh, AJ had to say. So, uh, welcome to the podcast as you, uh, as you've kind of, Hopefully you've been listening to these. You, you kind of know a little bit about what this is, but uh, we had a great speaker uh, for our October luncheon with uh, AJ Johnson, uh, formerly from the Tulsa Dream Center, now uh, one of the owners of Oasis Fresh Market. And uh, man, such a cool story, such a cool journey for him, which he got into a little bit. Uh, but man, I don't know if you noticed this, Matt, but there was a lot of little like nuggets that he was kind of dripping in along the way too, oh, yeah. almost to the point where I was sitting there going, man, uh, he just made one little statement and all of a sudden I'm like, man, that could be a whole podcast right there that we could talk about. And then he, then he went into what he was actually talking about. I, I think for me, the first thing that he said was like when he, I, I think he was just trying to get everybody warmed up. He's just, you know, cause six 45 in the morning, you're not quite awake. It's Friday. So you're getting close to the end of the week. Coffee hasn't kicked in yet. So it's a tough audience. I don't think it, it's, it's tough on purpose, but just because of the, the, the nature of the time of breakfast, you know, when you have a speaker that has as much energy as AJ does, I, I think he wants the crowd to respond a little bit. And so he had us all stand up and just taking a, a deep breath. And and I think he just had to say Jesus or something like that, which on the surface I was like, OK, here we go. You know, <laughs> let's get up and say Jesus. But then he dropped a bomb on me and said, the breath that you have in your lungs does not belong to you. It belongs to God. And that right there just I feel like set the tone for what he was going to talk about. But for me, it was like a boom. All right, let's wake up. This is important. We need to tune in here. Everything that I'm doing is on loan from God. And I need to really just kind of you know, take a moment and really dedicate this time to to hearing what AJ had to say uh, and applying it to my life. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hello. What'd you think of that? And uh, let's let's jump into this. Yeah, absolutely. Another great breakfast, of course. And you mentioned AJ, and I really appre- appreciated him as a speaker taking some time to let us get to know him. You know, most of our speakers come from kind of our own little nucleus. And that's the heart of Brotherhood, bringing speakers from amongst the Brotherhood, Uh and when you do that, every once in a while you get one that's, you know, AJ, like you said, Tulsa Dream Center. And he was really – And Oasis Fresh Market. Yeah, Oasis Fresh Market. And he comes to us, and we're having to get to know him a little bit. And I appreciated the time. At first I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, do our typical – you know, it's kind of the – a lot of speakers will do that. But it got me a chance to get to know him, which prepped me for him coming a little bit later on. You know, he's a very dynamic and emotional speaker. And I really was able to appreciate the ending when he kind of gets on his knees and you really see his heart because I knew that was him. It wasn't a theatrical way to get me to emotionally connect. It was really him. So 
you know, he runs through, talks about his family and all that. Felt like I got to know him a little bit better, understood him, understood where he came from. And then, of course, he gets into his message, which, like you said, he's the kind of guy that's dropping nuggets all the way up to that point. And then he drops two hard points. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, that's what you came to say. The rest was just free. The rest was just bonus material that I can take and chew on. The Holy Spirit's using to poke some things in my life. Yeah, really appreciate him. Did a great job. Uh, brought, of course, like, and you've said this so many times. There seems to be this idea. I, I won't go as far as to call it a theme because we didn't pick this or it doesn't, we're not doing this on purpose, but vulnerability seems to show up quite a bit. He talked about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. He was vulnerable. And it's being done in a way, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast or first time in a long time, brotherhood is capturing this sense of vulnerability, but it's with strength. It's not that old school vulnerability you were used to where it's kind of that crying, weeping, overly oversharing kind of person. It's a vulnerability that I think Jesus took on where it's like, wow, I'm open and honest, but I'm strong enough to run as well. Yeah, I think uh, even Witt talked about it this weekend, just uh, the vulnerability that builds relationships. And, and and as we have those relationships, we can start having some of those God conversations where we can start pointing people to Jesus and building that relationship. You know, what AJ said was he said, let's, let's just release our guard. You know, everybody has their guard up. Everybody has a front. Everybody has kind of this perception of who we are trying to communicate who we are. But the way that AJ phrased it is just we're we're all just sons of the father and and he the way that he 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 put it out there stripped away race stripped away a lot of the different identities that i think that we we put on whether it be a ceo or whether it be just a just a guy who's who's in there just trying to get better like all that stripped away we're just a bunch of sons of the father trying to learn more about who god is and and how we can learn about the character of god through other people's experience and i think that that's a lot of what brotherhood is but ultimately you know what we're trying to do we're trying to we're trying to pursue christ we're trying to learn and grow and be like him and we're trying to point others to do the same thing and i think that when you when you strip away all of our perceived identities uh, all the things that we that we think are really important to who we are and, and just say, we're just sons of the father trying to pursue him, trying to, trying to emulate Christ. I think that that makes things a lot more simple (laughs) in my mind. I don't have to carry all these other preconceived notions of what people think of me. I can just say, Hey, you know, at breakfast at, at brotherhood, we're, we're all just brothers. And I, and I know that's what we're always working towards, but I think sometimes just somebody can say something different and it just hits that much harder. My identity changes from who I think I am to who, who Christ sees me as. That's good. Huge. That was good. And, and that was before you even jumped into anything. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, I think it's the value I see in the breakfast. And I, I bounce this around and talk about it a lot, but in different ways, but there is a, a, there's just a, uh, attitude. I'm stumbling over my words. Cause I, I don't want to repeat the same overused phrases, but when you walk into a brotherhood breakfast, people are, you know, being real, whatever you want to say, sense of vulnerability. It's all those cliche terms that always mean not being real or not being vulnerable. I'm putting on some kind of vulnerable mask. But from the speaker to the people around, if you just hang out, you know, if if you go and you're by yourself or it's your first time there, if you just hang out around the people, 
you'll start to see that what AJ expressed is true. He just kind of told you where his life was. You know, he even got into you. So he went off on a little tangent of, you know, he's a first generation business owner and you saw the stress in his eyes. Like you saw the sweat of like what it takes to get people paid, what it takes to get stuff in the door, doing something that's very difficult. Oasis Fresh Market, first fresh grocery store, I think grocery store period on the north side of Tulsa in 11 years. I think it's 11. It's at least 11. And that what speaks to that is the economic side of the socioeconomic side of it, like all the different things in that culture that don't facilitate why research hasn't put a grocery store out there is there's not. I want to be respectful, but there's not a high profit margin that big corporations see. They're like, oh, we're definitely putting this side of town. They put stuff in other side of town with more expendable income. Well, AJ's doing something against the grain that really helps people. It's getting quality food, good produce, good solid food to a place that traditionally, or I don't know if traditionally is the right word, but culturally doesn't have the same amount of access as other parts of town. And that is huge and so difficult to do, especially when it comes to, you know, he mentioned, so I'll say it, the bottom line and the top line, trying to get those two to work out and get paid and feed your family and keep the business going. And that's difficult and can be real stressful. Yeah. As, as you know, as a small business owner, uh, which I would classify even that what he's doing is a, a small business yeah. uh, kind of mentality. Like there's a lot that you're carrying. And I, and I think a lot of guys in that room and a lot of guys listening can, can definitely empathize with that because, you know, there's, when you're in a position of leadership, there are sacrifices that you make you, for whatever reason, it's like the, you know, the buck stops here. Like you're the guy that needs to, to kind of deal with a lot of that stuff. And I, jumping ahead a little bit to what he talked about when he was just like, God, I just need to surrender. Uh, he said, this is not a situation where I man up. He's like, God, man down. Like I am surrendering this to you. And I think that that ties in a lot to some of the things that you're talking about is just, God, I just got to surrender this situation to you. I know that you've called, and I'm speaking on behalf of AJ. I know that you've called me to be, uh, a small business owner of a grocery store in a food desert which on paper does, does not line up, <laughs> yep. but I am surrendering this situation to you and I am surrendering uh, my will for your will because I want to see you move in this and I believe that this is what, what you want. And he, he talked about a little bit about you know uh, Ezekiel 36, 33. I think that was the, the mission that that's what got him here, what he was ultimately talking about with his messages is I want to be that place of refuge for people. But in order to be a refuge, you, you're essentially setting your, your stake in the middle of the desert, yeah. <laughs> which Oasis is, is that, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a food desert area. So you already know it's going to be tough. You already know that, you know, from an adversity standpoint, from just a probability of success standpoint, you're starting from a much different place. You know, like you said, for, from a, a Reezers or a whatever high-end grocery store, they're going to be looking at different metrics. They're not going to be looking at areas of you know, where can we develop the area? They're right. going to look from, from an area of where can we benefit from the development that's already happened in an area. Yes. And so <clears throat> AJ going through and being vulnerable with even that part of some of the, the daily decisions that he makes, makes, I think everybody kind of lean in because like even what Adam Grover said when he was talking about his journey, he's like, finally, there's somebody being real. That's a real person with yeah. real struggles. I can relate to that. If AJ were to come up there and say, hey, we launched a, a grocery store in the middle of a food desert and we are crushing it right now. Right. It's amazing. We've had no adversity. We've had no challenges. 
like everything's great. Your part of me is like, man, that's really cool. Congratulations on doing that. Uh, but part of me would also turn, kick over to imposter syndrome and say, well, of course, AJ can do that. AJ is a dynamic guy. He's motivated. He's, you know, he graduated TU. He's, he's, he's done a lot of these things. Of course, he could, I could never do that. So I can't relate to AJ now because, you know, I'm looking at the success that he has is absolutely unattainable. But it, to contrast that, AJ just AJ just kind of pulls back the curtain and says, "All right, here's here's a, a peek behind the window. Here's the struggles that I go through." And I think that's where the vulnerability comes in. I think that's where uh, we start to kind of relate a little bit more. But here's here's the most important part. Not I, this wasn't even in my notes, but this is where I'm going with it. the The most important part of this is when you pull back the curtain and you show the vulnerability and say, "God, man down, God." I'm in a position where I cannot do this. That's where we're inviting God in to show up. And when we do that, we when the success does come through, when God does show up, we can point back and say, not, not because of what I've done, but because of God, uh, but for his grace, but for his mercy, but for his love, that's why we are able to be successful. Uh, and I think that's where the story of uh, Angela Walker comes into play. You know, yeah. God's scoreboard in this is different. God's scoreboard for whatever Oasis is, whether it's a success or failure, I hope it's a success. And I think that, you know, the, the things that AJ is doing are absolutely incredible. But I think even in what AJ was talking about, I think he has that bigger picture of surrender saying, you know what, God, even if we do this whole thing, we spend a ton of money, we develop this, we go to the food desert and it doesn't work out it was still worth it because Angela Walker had a place that she could go to and find peace. She had a refuge. She could be closer to you, even in the aisles of a grocery store. And I think that that's what, when we have a kingdom mentality, when we have a, a mentality of, you know, what, what am I truly working for? Am I, am I working for the logo on my chest or am I, am I working for my family name or my own pride? Is that what's most important? Or our stories about Angela Walker, is that what's most important? Giving people a place where they can get closer to God and find refuge in the middle of their storm. And I think that that's what, from a brotherhood standpoint, from and even from AJ's message, is if I'm reading between the lines, that's where things are going. That's that's the kind of uh, work that we, sh- we should pursue. Bro, so much wisdom. If you are listening to this, you need to hit that skip back button. 10 seconds, 15 seconds, maybe maybe 60 seconds, and just re-listen. There's so much you just dropped that we need to unpack. The Just what came to my mind, so I, this is the first thing I want to point out. When he said man down, when he said man down, I, I'm not sure where he was aiming, but where my thought went to is a picture in an old war movie I think the I think it was the movie Black Hawk Down, which you probably remember this. And most people listening probably it's not even an old war movie to them, but uh, I want to say old because it is old. It's like probably 20, 25 years old. But so in that movie, um, there's this moment. It's, I think it's right towards the end. Lots of gunfire, lots of everything going on, and a guy goes down, and you hear him yelling, "Man down, man down, man down." And I'm pretty sure this is the part where he goes and he grabs him and he takes him and he's running him to the helicopter. And so, but when he said that, that's where my mind went, man down, man. Cause he, you know, he, he compared it to man up, which is a far different statement, man down. It was that picture of like, 
his because when in the middle of that story he's talking about how man he had to start going to a counselor he had to start doing a lot of different things because he couldn't handle the stress he couldn't handle the pressure and he of course to i'm trying to spoil it here the he's supposed to push that pressure over to god and do different things that we're going to get to but so he says that it's like that moment of surrender you're just talking about and the pressure you have as a speaker i think in all things but in christianity when you're talking to a bunch of men and even just people in general is to have a success story. And that success story usually has to sound like God gave me this huge vision and I spoke into existence and I just proclaimed the word of God and I proclaimed victory and God just came through in a miraculous way. That seems to be the pattern that we always get. And it takes a lot of guts to say what you're just talking about. That's actually not how it happened. In fact, I'm not even in the end of that story. He may have that story one day. He may have the story where you can like to tell it in two minutes. You have to basically said, God told me, God spoke, God showed up. But to catch it in the middle of the story where the surrender is happening, that is so big because that is where the majority of us live. The majority of us don't live at the beginning and the end of the problem. We live in the middle or the problems are all word challenge. We live in the middle of that faith walk. So to hear somebody say, man, I, I was running on that high level of Christian emotion, trying to just name it and claim it. And then I realized, no, that's not, I'm surrendering to you, Lord. If the, even if this doesn't work out, we don't like stories like that, Evan. We don't like stories where it's like, it didn't work out, but man, you're hitting on something that I'm having to learn as I'm um, progressing in my own life, in my own walk is that. Sometimes God's agenda is to move the ball a little bit forward. You know, when I was coaching football, you'd say this statement every once in a while, I was a little bit of hope. You'd say three yards on a cloud of dust. The idea being that technically in football, if you get 3.34 yards every single time, you'll get a first down every single time, and eventually you'll score. It's just not exciting. It doesn't sell tickets. It's not fun. It doesn't make them think you're an amazing coach. It's kind of boring, but it still wins ball games. Sometimes God is moving the ball just a little bit forward. We always want to go one to 10. Sometimes God's using you just to go one to two, two to three. And you're right. Even if Oasis, Mark, I hope it's a success. I hope he is on, you know, the next high profile show of how he impacted a lower economic community. But even if it's not, even if all he does is talk to the people he's talking to, minister to them in those few moments, those few years of the duration of Oasis, God is moving the kingdom forward. And ah, that's what you got to catch on to. That when you see it that way, your personal successes, you still want them. You still need them. You still, God still wants them for you. But they just, the, 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 rely, the reliance upon them diminishes a little bit. And all of a sudden you see the world as God sees it. And you're like, wow, I'm part of a bigger system. I'm part of God doing something bigger in the kingdom than just my small financial journey. Yeah, I've I've kind of gone through a little bit of this just in in my own journey, and I think part of the surrender part is 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 how you get through some of these big situations when you're looking at your P and L and you're sitting there going, "This is not good." Uh, when you're looking at you know the projected revenue that you're gonna you're gonna be making over the next couple of months, and you're like, "I don't know where it's gonna come from." I think that surrender to God uh, is a for me, it's like, a, okay, I can take this off my shoulders. I don't know how it's going to happen. I know that I need to do my part, 
but I don't know where the next thing is going to come from. But if I trust God and allow him to, to, to move through this, like, I, I think I've said it on this podcast before. A lot of times when that happens, I'm just saying, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And that's just that, that surrender of bringing God's kingdom, that closeness to God on earth. And, and I'm just getting out of the way because really it's not about me. It's, it's not about what, what I think is important. Uh, I was thinking about what you were talking about with the man down thing with the helicopters and the war movie and all that other stuff. I think that the situation is the same. I think the the difference is that we are, we, we're not always tuned into the spiritual battles that we're fighting. I think we, we are, we're always caught up in what we can see and, and what we think is actually going on. But I, I think if you were to kind of pull back from the situation, I think COVID is a spiritual battle. I think that's a spiritual battle battle for our Good. country. I think uh, just division in our company, our, our company in our country, that's a spiritual battle. I think that uh, you know going and and trying to you know help other people uh, that that need help, there's a spiritual battle there because that's that's one of the things God's called us to do. Is he, He's called us to help the poor. He's called us to help the widows. He's He's called us to help those that are not as fortunate to us. And I don't think that in a spiritual battle uh, sense, like if 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 the community of Christ and, and the, the body of Christ is going out and doing God's work, I have got to think that the enemy is against that. I got to think that there he's going to try to shut that stuff down, whether it be a crusade, whether it be a church, whether it be uh, just serving an underserved community. I got to think that you are just going to automatically face adversity because of that because you're doing God's work. And so when we're saying man down in those situations, we're saying man down, not because uh, we're failing. We're saying man down because God, we need to rely on you more. We've done all the things that we can do. Um, it may be a situation where maybe we, we got a little ahead of his will. We got a little bit too far in front and, and our pride and our ego started getting in the way. But if you go back to that point of surrender and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender, man down, help me. That's the point where God can move. Because if AJ jumps in and AJ saves the day, was that was that a, an opportunity for, give, uh, for you to give glory to AJ or for an opportunity for you to give glory to God? I think that if we're talking about God's will and God's plan, there, he's going to st- strategically allow situations to happen that is, that it puts you in a position where you have to trust him. And and for me, it starts with the small stuff, right? It starts starts with the the smaller things. So maybe there was a lot of lessons that he learned at the Tulsa Dream Center, a lot of lessons in terms of I don't know where the funding is going to come from, I don't know how we're going to pay for this project or help these people, but I'm just willing to say yes. Yeah. And he says yes. And that allows God, to, yes, I don't know how we're going to do it, but yes. And that's a, that's that's where our faith starts to build. That's where we start to see God move in the small things so that when we're in the big things, God can, can uh, we can trust God in those situations. AJ said he was a first-generation business leader, a first-generation business owner. When you're in that situation, you need all that experience that you've that he's had and all the other roles that he's had to allow God to move in those situations. Because if you're a first generation business owner and, and you're starting with zero experience, a lot of these things that uh, he talked about and didn't talk about are so much uh, more likely to, to crush you in those situations. But I think he's taking the right posture and the right uh, position to say, God, man down, I surrender. 
I'm going to walk through this with you. I'm, I need you to carry me right now uh, so that we can get through this together. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. And I think, man, if I'm going to loop, loop it back around, that's what got him here. That's, that's, that's what got him to that place. That's good. Yeah. You nailed it. You hit it on the head with the spiritual warfare and the man down call, you know, it, it becomes that, that step you mentioned this, and this is what I wanted to try to move into that step of God moving in your life. You know, when you're talking about little things at a time, because really what I would want somebody to take away from this and what I want to take away from AJ's message. And then our conversation is trusting God does start in the little stuff starts in a daily really awareness that you are trusting in God. One of the things that helps me kind of compartmentalize and place things in the right spot. Maybe it's my personality or maybe this works for all guys. I'm not sure, but first Corinthians three, six to eight, you've probably heard this Paul's writing and he's addressing a bunch of people who kind of, they're trying to pit him against this other guy, Apollos and say, ah, Paul's better as a preacher. Apollos is better as a preacher. And you start to get these camps. And he says this, he says, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. When I remind myself of that, it, re- it helps me posture in the right spot of like, okay, God told me to do this step. He did not necessarily tell me to bring this result. It's not that the result's not important. It's not that measurement's not important. It's not that, you know, as AJ said, as a first-generation business owner, when you say yes to that, it's not that getting payroll taken care of is not important. It's that you take that pressure of the gap in between. You don't have the capacity to make sure you can't run over psychologically and make sure all your vendors are paying their bills. So that make sure all the people coming, you know, there's actually people coming to the grocery store that turn over the actual money. Like those are things God's got to bring by responding to your steps. That's where those little steps for me of trusting in God, it starts with just a daily, okay, here's an opportunity. You know, I have not thought about God all day long. Here's an opportunity, a situation. I'm a little stressed. I'm a little nervous about said job. You know, uh, if I, you know, when I'm, uh, I've got different clients that we clean windows for. When I have one that maybe they, you get that phone call and they're like, hey, we need to talk. You're like, oh, that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no, we don't need to talk. We're fine, right? No. And who knows what it may be, but that moment is a practice moment. Nope, I'm going to put this in your hands, God. This is not the end of my business. You know, this is not, even if this person is upset about something that we did or did not do, and I've got to navigate that, that with them. It's still not the end of everything. And you still, Lord, give me favor, even in situations that I mess up. So I'm going to relax, get on the phone call, get on the phone, make sure this person's <laughs> taken care of, make sure I'm upfront, honest, candid with them. I'm all those things that you've had me to do. And then I'm going to rely on you that to bring about the right result. And sometimes that happens and people are mad. And I do have to walk through something, pay something, not have them pay something, whatever it is. Sometimes those people understand where you're coming from. And sometimes it's no big deal at all. They just want to pay their bill. So it's like you go through all this and that's a moment where you can be like, no, nope, I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to navigate this, walk through this, and you're going to bring us out just fine. You brought every story in the Old Testament. They go through the fire. They come out fine as long as they trust you. So I'm going to stick with trusting you. I think that all of those situations are are, are what 
take us through that journey to where God continues to, uh, I, he talks about if you're faithful in the little things, you'll, you'll be uh, faithful in the, in the, in the big things. I think that's how it goes. Correct me if that's I'm wrong. A, that, a good but, heaven version. Um, I like that. Is that the heaven version? Yeah, oh, how's it go? If you're faithful with the little things, God will make you rule over the big things. I don't think he used. Is that big, what it is? But greater things. Jesus big likes things. the word greater. He greater. uses that word a lot. Yeah. I think there's more to that statement than just do well with the little stuff because then you'll do well with the big stuff. I think that there's, in my opinion, an implied, if you are faithful with the little things and and you learn to trust me in those things, I can put you over the larger things and I can trust you with the bigger things because you know what I was able to do for you in the small things. And I think yeah. that those that's the, the path that, that God's walking through that with you. And I think that's what, what AJ is talking about here is he's in a position where he, he, he's vulnerable. He's explaining, you know, God, I'm in a situation where I need your help. I'm, I'm in a situation where I trust in you, but also I'm in a situation where I'm leaning on essentially what you called me to do. He, 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 he talked in the very beginning about what got me here to being the owner of a grocery store. And I think that the story that he talked about with the, the food stamps as a small kid, realizing that he's different and realizing that not every person has a process for what they go through and that people need help, he's in that situation where he can kind of look back to that experience and say, God, this moment that I have here, this this moment is is pointing me to my mission. And I think one of the notes that I, I wrote down here was when you have a moment like that, it can either point you to your mission or it can create an excuse for you. And I think that in, in AJ's situation, he said, all right, this is going to be my mission. I, I want to be the person that rebuilds the desert. I want to be the person that rebuilds the ruins. And I know that there's a shifting. I know that there's a stirring inside of me. And I have confirmation in that because of this situation that happened. When I knew as a, as a small child that I was different. I knew that I was in, in a situation where I had to go through things that, um, that, that told me that I was being raised differently, not raised differently, but I was in a, a different situation than other people that I was different. Uh, and I, I want to help other people through that because I know that by myself, I'm not, uh, the only one that has these challenges, but I want to be the person that walks through that and helps people grow in the situations that they're in. And that takes him to the place where he has that confirmation to say, yes, I want to, I want to be the person that creates that refuge. I want to be that person that creates that, that place where people can go. And I see God all the way through that. I see that. I see that moment, uh, of, of my mission um, my purpose, that's the word I'm looking for. I see my purpose in what I'm doing. And when I have purpose in what I do, and I know it's God-given purpose in what I'm doing, right. that's that's where I know I have fulfillment. Uh, I don't have anxiety in the situation. I don't mind surrendering the situation to you because I know I'm doing what you've called me to do. I know that I was specifically created for this moment. And God, you've helped me in the small thing. You got me through that initial situation, but you use that as an educational moment for me to now I'm in the situation where I know that I'm specifically helping people and I'm called to do this thing and that you're in those moments and that when I call out to you, you'll, you'll be there to help me. 
because I, I think it's one thing to say man down and there's nobody around. <laughs> I think that's when you have to man up. Yeah. I think the other side of the situation is you're saying man down because you know that there's other people there that will rush in to help you. And I think that there's a whole nother message or a whole nother uh, breakdown in that. Just, just knowing that, you know, with God, you're not alone. You, you don't have to man up all the time when you're, when you're in partnership with God, because you can say man down and he'll, 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 he'll pull you up and, and carry you through. But you're in a situation where you're out on your own, you're, you're following your, what you believe is your unique purpose and you just leave God out of it. That's, that's when you really need to man up because you're the only person that's going to get you through that. Yeah. It's a really good comparison. You know, the, the idea of man down, knowing God is faithful we always want to, when I say we, not necessarily you and me, but humans, because we like success stories. We want to like force these into, it always works out. And God kind of has a unique ability to do that. So to trying to avoid that a little bit, but like the whole man down thing, in your unique purpose, in that small moment, that small circumstance, you might surrender and it doesn't look like, or you don't see the impact you're making, or it doesn't, it looks, let me just say, it looks like you failed. Maybe we go as far as you did fail. So, but go with me on this. I love, God has the a unique ability. When I say unique, I mean like he's the only one possible to be able to take things we did in our past, decisions we made, failures we make, whether we were leaning on him or not, and then reroute them and use them later on to bring about something that impacts us or impacts others in a different way. So if you're sitting there, this is what I'm all trying to point out. If you're sitting there and one, you're asking like, when you said purpose, I thought, man, what about people who are like, I don't even know what my purpose is. Or if I had to be honest, I'm like, I don't know that I have a godly purpose. I'm just showing up trying to get money, pay money, try to do some things, go on vacation, those kind of things. I don't know that I have a, a, a godly purpose, if you will. Well, that starts in earlier what we were talking about with practicing those things. God begins to reveal those things to you. Uh, maybe you're in that space where you don't, you think you do have a godly purpose and you're not walking in it. Okay, all the everything, every moment you're walking through right now is still valuable, still valuable and trusting God because God will take those moments and start to re-navigate them. Nothing you do right now, successful or failure, is a loss. Everything can be reused for what God has for you. You look at, you know, you were talking about earlier in AJ being prepared. We're not sure hundred percent what he went through the dream center, but I know God's personality well enough to know that just like Joseph in the Bible, he's walking through little things. So like, it may, see, for whatever reason, it draws me to people struggling right now in their space. And it could be, you're struggling with a boss, struggling with a coworker, like things like in your mind, you're so wrapped up with that circumstance that your godly purpose is a big bit overarching for you to grasp because it's like, oh man, I, I just don't even like the person I work with. Like, how can I be walking in a godly purpose? It's those little things you navigate that God is working, taking those little details and working to walk you through the kingdom in a way that's fulfilling to you, fulfilling to others, walks in a great relationship with him, I just, I lack the words, Evan. I lack the words to describe how good God is and how well he navigates things that we think in the moment are 
useless failures, pointless, frustrating, not from God. Like there's a thousand different labels. And yet being faithful to him in this moment, will having the willingness to say, man, now I can't do this, Lord. I need you to fill in the gap. Gives him the ability to start rerouting, rewriting things so that a year, two years, a month, two months from now, you start to look back at things. And we all have this. We all have the things that we say, I would never want to go through that again. I hate that I went through it. I would never choose it again. But in the same way, I still am glad I went through it. <laughs> like I, It still is incredibly valuable to me. That's the ability of God. That's the ability of God in your life. And it is his response. I think this is what I'm trying to say. His response to man down is awesome. Let me have that. I'm going to pick you back up. I'm going to walk you back up into a man up situation. Uh, I, th- I think we've talked about this before, but I want to challenge you a little bit on that. Not not necessarily to challenge what you're saying, but just to kind of maybe expand your viewpoint of God uh, in in what you're describing. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that sometimes we, we, we view God and our understanding of God as something that we can comprehend. So in our, in our mind, things are linear. Like I get to this point, I can't do it anymore. God takes over or I do X, Y, and Z. Uh, I, you know, something happens, then I got to depend on God. I think that kind of, even in the situation that you're describing, when we're saying man down that however far down the path we go, whether it's you, you surrender early or you surrender late, God can still move in that. Uh, you said something to the effect of no time is, uh, wasted is essentially what I heard, but like whatever experience that you've had there, God can use those things for you. What I look at is not necessarily like this is the, the point A to point B. That's the way it's going to go no matter what, or, or this, if I do this, this happens. If I do this, this happens. It's just like a one or two things happening. I, I think that no matter what the situation, no matter when we choose to lay it down, no matter how difficult the situation may be at the time or how easy the situation may be at the time, God is just waiting on us. He's just waiting for our surrender, waiting for us to just bring him into it. And I would say that however dire the situation or however amazing the situation, God can move in all those things. And I think that we have to, I have to remind myself of that. Uh, so as you were talking, I was, I was just kind of, uh, absorbing what you were saying and just going, man, I I love what Matt's saying, but another part of me is saying God could use any part of that. He could use any, any piece of that situation. So let's say for example, uh, you know, AJ hadn't even started Oasis yet, or, uh, Oasis is on the brink of shutting down. Uh, and AJ's, you know, he's exhausted all of his resources to, to try to make that, that work. I think God can still move in that situation. Sure. I think God can move in the situation if, if you have him, uh, from right there from the very beginning, which, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of been the focus of Oasis from the beginning. So I think God can make it just as amazing or if not more amazing that way. I, anyway, all that to say, I don't think we should, uh, I think sometimes we, re- we need to be reminded not to put limits on God. And I think that, um, these are prime examples when we're looking at, you know, adversity, when we're looking at the struggle, we're looking at all things and we're like, man, I, I just hope that God can move in this. Uh, I need to give this situation to God now. I think you could have given it to him at any time throughout that spectrum. Uh, and he can still use it for his good. He can still point, you can still point people to him and, and 
and people can benefit from it. So I don't know that that was just what popped into my mind, but I, I think that that situation from a just better understanding the character of God and who he is and, and, and how he can help us uh, just continues to blow me away. Well, that was good. Yeah. I think you, I love that. I love that perspective. And I think I come to appreciate so underplays it, but come to appreciate the lens you look through, you know, we can, it's always easy to go brotherhood examples here again. And I think we should, uh, that is the benefit of the brotherhood, but man, you have such a great lens to look through what God does, who he is. I mean, I, I appreciate these conversations. I know we kind of do it for other people too, but man, this is, <laughs> you know, if it was just us doing a zoom call every month, I think I would definitely be in because I really appreciate what you have to say and the perspective of the lens you look through. You know, and to do the shameless plug, that's the benefit of having a brotherhood. That's the benefit of being in a group mm-hmm. of people and a group of men that are like, I'm going to pursue God. And I want to pursue God right alongside of you is you get to see all the different aspects of how God made people and the lens they look through. And it benefits you so much. It gr- Your relationship grows with him, with others, of course, so much. It's it's really not a, there's not words that, at least in the English language, that describe the, because it's depth, breadth, width, height, like it's all those. It's like a big circle. Just the fulfillment just burst out. So man, that's huge. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're sharing. I mean, right back at you. I mean, I feel the same way. And I think part of that is, is just, we pull it out of each other. I think that when, when we're having these conversations, when you have conversations specifically about this stuff, I think that you know, part of it, and I, I'm still going back to things that Witt talked about in the last, uh, this last Sunday, where you, you just sit down and take the time to hear another person's perspective or hear what, like what you would call it, you know, seeing something through somebody's lenses. I think that you're able to maybe get a better picture of God for yourself, uh, as well as through the, the experience that other people have, you're hopefully able to better understand God in your life. And for me, part of the vulnerability is seeing, okay, uh, I see AJ's struggle. I see AJ's successes. I see the path that it went through. I see the things that he did to get to the point where he's at. I can do that. I can surrender. Like it's, I feel like it's really easy and really difficult to surrender to God at the same time. But if I know that people have done that and I know that people have kind of walked through the emotions, like, you know, AJ at the end of, uh, kind of his message to the brotherhood, it ended with him on his knees and all the, all the men in that room on our knees, just saying to God, you know, uh, come Holy spirit. Like we, we invite you into our desert places. And I think that there was symbolic of what he was talking about, but I also kind of like thought in my mind, when was the last time I was on my knees surrendering to God and inviting him in to the things that I was doing. So I was grateful for that moment. Um, I was grateful that there was a, a room full of guys that were not too proud to say, I'm not doing that. Um, and, and, and just, just be, and when we say, you know, in a posture, uh, of surrender, I think that's a posture of surrender. It's like when I think of somebody getting on their knees, it's almost pleading, right? It's almost begging, like, like, or it's a sign of humility. And so I think just even something as simple as an act of 
you know, bowing before Christ and saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender this moment to you. I invite you into my hurt. I invite you into my pain. I want you to be here with me. I think that I needed that. And I'm, I'm betting 99% of the other guys that, uh, that were at that breakfast probably had a similar experience. Yeah. God built us that physical actions matter. And I, the most profound example of my life was when Pastor Witt started really getting into the hands open. Remember, he spent maybe mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years ago, he spent like six to eight months. He still goes back to it. But there was a good solid period. You could tell God was really honing in that imagery in his own life. So he would bring it into multiple different sermons where he talked about being instead of you know hands closed or hands down. He talked about approaching life, hands open, approaching relationships, hands open, approaching God's, uh, your relationship with God, hands open. He even went as far as in his message about chair time, when he really pushed that, about starting your chair time, hands open. And I felt a similar impact in my own uh, psyche when we did the whole kneel down thing. You know, it does. It's like, man, you you had that one moment of like, really, this is what we're doing here? Okay, all right. And then when you get rid of your own pride and you humble yourself, then you're like, wow, that was really good because when's the last time I felt that sense of bowing before God? You know, I need to do that more in my own prayer life because it places me physically in a spot that says I'm, hum- I'm humble before you. Even though I can sit there and I can psychologically humble my- myself, when you put your physical body in that situation, it's a big deal. It's kind of, it reminds me of when Jesus says, go into your closet. And he may even mention on your knees in that uh, discourse. But when he talks about going to your closet, when I shut that door and I'm by myself and nobody can see me, there's no chance for my kids to walk out, anything like that, it changes my environment with God. It becomes very much, wow, this is just me and you. I'm not putting on dad's show. I'm not trying to lead spiritually. Like, None of that's happening right now. It's just me and you. So the little things he gave us physically are huge. And I love that AJ has a personality that will capture that because it was all throughout from yelling at the beginning uh, to kneeling at the end. Those things changed the whole feeling of the message and really brought home the point he was trying to make. Well, I want to kind of tie it up with this because I, I, this is uh, I know the Instagram kind of put it out, but it was kind of the message that he kind of left everybody with. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, he said, if, if God is in, in the whisper, are you in the quiet? And I think that just, just hearing it, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty in depth, but I think there's a lot more to it. So I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, you know, kind of how he ended with all that stuff and, and made that statement. Right. It's like he, we didn't know it, but he, it's like, he knew, and he may have just take that off the top of his head. I don't know, but it's like, he knew I have an epic jaw dropping moment that I'm going to drop. So I'm going to spend a whole lot of time just warming them up, getting them all. Uh, it reminded me of a, it reminds me right now of a, if you remember Mike Tyson, when he fought like, man, that haymaker was coming and he would just sit there sometimes and look and look and look, you know, and a lot of times it only took 15 seconds, but man, he dropped that, and I thought, wow, that was impacting. The If God is in the whisper, are you in the quiet? And it just hits home in the world we live in right now that says it's so busy, so loud. There's so much going on. Am I, I taking time? Is God actually talking to me? 
and I don't even know because I can't hear them? Is that what, what is going on in my life? That So that moment, I think it pushes us to getting in the quiet. That's my advice to myself and most people that come and ask or tell me they're having a situation with God. It's like, are you getting quiet? Because I can give you advice. I can give you my story, my perspective, all that. It's great. Like God, God will use it the whole deal. But until you get quiet, you don't know what God's saying to you. So I think it continues to emphasize how important it is to get quiet even for a few moments during your day in the morning at night and listen to the Holy Spirit and his voice. I think uh, if I were to encapsulate it all into one thing, it's just pursuit. It's pursuing Christ. Are we, are, if, 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 if in our walk with Christ, this is where he, he's going to hang out, which I think he hang out, hangs out in all sorts of uh, facets of our life, like he lives inside us. But I think the still small voice, the, the leading of Christ, if, if we're in a situation where we're like, man, God, I just really need to hear from, from you right now. I think what AJ is saying is that we need to pursue Christ and we need to go to where Christ is, which it's removing the distractions. It's, you know, he, I mean, Christ even said, you should have no other gods before me. So if, if I'm going to take that as literal as, as, as he says it, I should have no distractions. I should be fully focused on Christ and, and putting myself in a posture, in a position, in an environment where I can be fully focused on on Christ and pursuing him in what uh, what he has for me and what he has to say for me. And so I think that that's just a reminder to us as a brotherhood that we put ourselves in the pursuit of Christ. Christ pursued us. But I think, and, and I think that that's a model that we need to continue to pursue him, to hear from him, to be led by him, uh, and to include him in everything that we're doing, um, to f- make time for that quiet, to make time for that, that moment with Christ that you say, God, I'm inviting you into my mess. I'm inviting you into my challenges. I'm inviting you into my struggle. I want to hear from you. And I think that's where he's going to speak. Bro, I see it. That's such a great perspective. It, it treats that phrasing. It's like a location. It places locations in those two spots. It's as if the whisper, or if God is in the whisper, yeah, it's as if that whisper is a location. And asking you, are you in the quiet, does it. It points at, are you seeking God? Are you going to where God is rather than always beckoning him to come to you? Man, that's huge. That's that just widens it out so much more because it is. It becomes about what he said: asking you, it shall be answered; seeking you shall find; knocking, it shall be answered; opened up, opened up to you. Man, that's great. Yes, if I'm picturing it now from a point of like the whisper is away from me, and I've got to go there where God is, and you know I'm not getting into. You know, God's not near us. Of course he is. But although he does say, if you draw near to me, I draw near to you. So that would imply that there needs to be some kind of pursuit. And that's good. Man, I'm going to chew on that a little bit further. Um, man, that's awesome. Man, great impact. Great. Yeah. Well, think of think of like a mountain men journey, right? Yeah. So we talk about mountain men a lot. Uh, I think that is part of, of what the brotherhood uh, is about. It's a pursuit of the summit, but a pursuit of God at the same time, I, I think the mountaintop for me, my mountaintop experience was very quiet. I mean, there was, there was no other distractions. There was no trees. There was no, 
there was, I mean, elements and weather would probably be the only thing, but there was nothing else like for me to do up there, but to just take that moment and, and hear from, from God, which is, that was my purpose. That was, that was why I was going there to do that. And I think that that pursuit needs to be part of our walk with Christ. Our, our walk uh, with Christ is con- continually pursuing him uh, so that we can hear from him and have that relationship with him. Because if we don't pursue him, we're not going to have a relationship. If we're not going to those places and spending that time and being focused on who God is and, 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 and learning about you know him in our life, he can be in the quiet all day long and you're sitting there going, God, where are you? And, you know, he's sitting there going, I'm, I'm still here. I'm just, I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm not gonna, I've, I've heard people say God's a gentleman. Like he's not going to force anything on you. He's just, he's going to be, uh, in a position where he will wait and he will be patient for you. I mean, the Bible says love is patient, uh, and God is love. So he will patiently wait for you. Um, and no time will be wasted. So even if it takes you a long time to get there, it's totally fine. But just know that God is patiently waiting there for you and go pursue him. See what happens. Like that's that's your journey with Christ. That's that's your place. Uh, that's your relationship with him. I, I think we've talked about, man, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Seth was talking about like we can't ride on the coattails of our of other people's relationships with God. At some point, that relationship needs to be your relationship with God. And I, I can tell you right now, if I was going to say there was some clues that were left behind in this, in this, um, in this message to the brotherhood, it was pursue God, seek him and you will find him surrender to him. Uh, and you know, lay your ego, lay your pride at the door. And that's where God can work. That's where God can move in your life. Yeah, that's huge. That's good. What were those two questions he asked? Remember, he talked about two questions right before he said that God is in the God is in the whisper. Are you in the quiet? He asked two questions. Um, maybe it was have you surrendered? I don't know. I have to go back and look at my notes. I had them in my uh, in my head, and I've forgotten about them. I had but, something along the lines of uh, what's uh, did you what get significant you write... memory got me to this place? Oh yeah, that's good. Um, I think I think that was part of it. Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull up my notes, but he did, man. That pursuit, I think that is. I mean, I we saw that all through his story. Is you see the pursuit he's talking about with uh, his own actions with the Oasis and the different things he was challenged with, um, and you see, oh, who it is? Here it is. Here's what I wrote down. Who have you invited? Who have you invited in, and what have you surrendered? Remember, he started talking about maybe it was after because I wrote it on my notes. If God is in the whisper, are you in the quiet? And then those two questions. Uh, but David, some very practical steps in the idea of like, okay, how do you walk in that? You know, remember he had to invite Christ into his situation. And then what have you surrendered, man? That's anyway. He just uh, I wrote those two down as questions that I need to ask myself, like. You know, have I, what have I invited God in? And then if I invited anybody in the brotherhood in that would say, Hey, I can help you. You know, I can pray with you. I can pray for you. Um, I can do, I can come alongside you and walk with you through this situation. You know, all of that from just, uh, you know, six forty-five in the morning, <laughs> just yeah. waking up. That's why, that's one of the reasons that I think that it's really important to, you know, selfish, uh, 
plug here to listen to the podcast multiple times, not just That's this good. part, but the, the part where, you know, AJ's speaking, because I think, you know, I definitely, I got more out of it just by listening to it a couple of times before we, because I knew we were going to talk. I'm sure you did the same thing. And I think that that just kind of hopefully awakens just a whole nother uh, perspective for you to kind of take in. And man, like I said, there was a lot of gold nuggets along the way uh, and everything that I think AJ talked about uh, was very timely and very, in tune with a lot of the different uh, things we talked about. I mean, AJ said, man up, uh, Adam Grover said, uh, or who is it? Who said, man, your post, somebody else said, man, your post, Adam Grover. Uh, and I can't remember off the, was it Adam Grover? So, I mean, we just have, we have all of these different kind of commands that are kind of coming uh, along to it, or just uh, word imagery. I think that just invokes uh, just a whole new, uh, perspective and viewpoint on on our, our walk and our relationship with God uh, as well as our 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 role in the brotherhood in in terms of the importance of a brotherhood as well as you know having a brotherhood there uh, so that you're in those moments where you're inviting people and in. you're not just inviting God in uh, to those moments you're inviting other people in to to do that walk with you to journey with you through through life, through business, through through family, I, I I think that a brotherhood is a huge part of that. The brotherhood capital B, the the breakfast is a part of that, yep. and then the lowercase b brotherhood, which is which is your circle of of friends sure. that you're giving access into your life, uh, and you're and you're building those relationships because uh, I know we've talked about this before, but life is not something to to do by ourselves. No no strong leader can can fully lead on their own. The best leaders have a brotherhood. The best leaders have a council, uh, a board. They have people around them to help them make the big decisions and guide them. They may set the tone. They may, you know, make, be responsible for some of the decisions, but there's a lot of people behind them that are helping them through that entire process. And I think that that's why the brotherhood is so important. We want to put an emphasis on it because whether you're a first generation business owner or you're just getting started in a leadership role or just starting a family, I think every single thing we're, we're talking about right now applies. And that's good. Yeah. So good. So good. Awesome, man. Great conversation. Absolutely. We'll end it with that brothers. Remember honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs>